welcome back to the Crosserpod NFL podcast. We are here for a week 18 review as the playoffs are now here. And the Miami Dolphins are in the playoffs for the first time since the 2016 season. So I brought along with me a returning guest, a Dolphins fan, Sam Walls. How are you, mate? I'm good, yeah. It feels weird hearing that. Obviously, it's the first time again we've heard it since 2016, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm great. It was a nice surprise seeing the Dolphins win on Sunday. I kind of wasn't expecting that, to be honest with you. Especially, obviously, the five-game win, uh, sorry, losing streak behind before that. But, uh, yeah, it's great to be on, mate. And, uh, yeah, let's get into Week 18. Yeah, and it was a interesting week. Um, it was one where it starts off on the Saturday. As a, as a Chiefs beat the Raiders 13 points to thir- 31 points to 13 before the Tennessee Titans beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, no, lost the Jacksonville Jaguars by 20 points to 16, a result that clinched the AFC South for the Jags for their first time since their infamous 2017 season that got them all the way to the AFC Championship game, which in the end they did lose to the Patriots. Um, for me, this was a really weird week because I was actually away. For my my birthday was actually that Saturday, so I, you know, I was with friends. You know, so I watched you know the, the games on Game Pass on the journey back home because I was in Newcastle, so it was quite a long journey home. <laughs> but as a result, I didn't get back home until eight pm. So I watched the Sunday games all on the Monday because I managed to turn my phone off. You know, at six o'clock, uh, off flight mode. You know, and I managed to avoid the results. I watched the whole of Red Zone and then the late game all Monday. It was a great day. Wow. And obviously, that's when all the events transpired. Um, we will just go ahead, just quickly cover some games that really are meaningless in the grand scheme of things. Buccaneers lost 30 points of 17 to the Atlanta Falcons, a game which saw a lot of their starters rested after the first quarter and a half. The Baltimore Ravens and the Bengals, the Ravens, the Bengals secured their division with a 27 to 16 win over the Ravens, which meant the Ravens are in the sixth seed. Uh, the Carolina Panthers beat the New Orleans Saints by 10 points to seven. The Denver Broncos beat the Las, Los Angeles Chargers 31 to 28. The Eagles beat the Giants 22 16. The Niners beat the Cardinals 38 13. The Commanders beat the Dallas Cowboys 26 points to six. And, of course, the game that did determine the number one overall seed, the Vikings beat the Bears 29-13, and the Colts did lose to the Houston Texans by 32 points to 31 with a late two-point conversion, winning it for the Texans, which means that the Bears will get number one overall pick. Um, and, obviously, the Texans will get number two. Um, obviously, the Bears are two that don't need a quarterback. In terms of, well, no, we had you on for our mock draft. Do you think this will see a lot of trades? Because, you see, the Lions are sixth overall pick because of the Rams' season. They're not really going to look for quarterback. I don't think they may do. I don't know. Do you think we'll see a lot of teams trade down because they don't need a quarterback and some teams like the Panthers, other teams do need a quarterback? Yeah, well, if you look at the top four of the draft, the the teams are the Texans and the Bears and the Colts and the Cardinals. And the Cardinals don't need a quarterback. The Bears, I would say, don't need a quarterback. And, you know, it's just like, obviously the Texans do. The Colts do as well. Texans are at two, the Colts are at four. I can see the Colts moving up to one, really. You know, Jim Jim Irsay is mad in the first place. You know, he'll want a QB. You know, we see uh, him and Chris Ballard, the GM, you know, gamble every year. It seems like on a new quarterback, you know, you've had Matt Ryan, etc. You know, that just didn't work at all this year. Um, and, you know, knowing the Colts, they might go for someone like Jimmy G or Derek Carr. But, um, I, I, if I was in the Indy, I'd try and get up to that number one spot because the Bears aren't going to pick a quarterback. 
and you know they'd probably pick the same player at three or four you know or two they would pick at number one overall because Houston are going to select the quarterback I believe I don't think they're going to you know with the likes of Bryce Young at the top of this draft you know admittedly they could wait another year but they you know they did the smart thing by not picking a quarterback last year instead of going for Derek Stingley so um yeah if there's going to be trades, I see it being a quarterback. But as you mentioned, the likes of the Niners, the Cardinals, the Bears at the top of the draft, they all don't need quarterbacks because recently they've invested in Fields, Murray and Trey Lance. Yeah, I agree. And I do think that, you know, the Bears, I think Will Anderson is often the main headline player when it comes yes. to defensively. And whilst with them losing Roquan Smith and all these other players they've, they've got rid of defensively, having someone like him on a rookie contract, I think would appeal to them. But at the same time, they may feel there's more value having, you know, multiple picks or picking later on and stuff like that. So it's um, it's all interesting to see. And that is obviously all to come on the podcast later on down the year. We will be doing a mock draft. Of course, we had you on last year. We'll look to have you on again this year. And when you do our mock draft, we're going to do a little bit of a change up this year. We'll have a bit where you can actually trade picks with yourself. Ooh. So say, you know, I think last time we had four people on. So we all shared five, six, seven, eight picks, whatever it was each. And with that, what I'm going to try and do this year is try and have a thing where you can make trades, but within only with picks you've got to say, if you've got the first, fifth, ninth and 14th, you can then trade in amongst those. So should be a good um, episode, but that is all to come way, way in the future. Uh, The present, of course, the, the main sort of first headline thing was the battle for the last AFC wildcard spot. So we had the Bills taking on the Patriots. We had the Jets traveling to Miami. And then the outsiders were the Pittsburgh Steelers who needed to win and hope that both the Baltimore Ravens, not the Buffalo Bills, sorry, uh, beat the Patriots and that the Jets beat the Dolphins. Uh, and the, pa- the Pittsburgh Steelers did win by 28 points to 14. But in the end, it did not matter because the Patriots did lose to the Bills. But the Dolphins just about got the job done with a field goal f- frenzy, which saw... Um, the 11-6 win for the Miami Dolphins with uh, three field goals from Jason Sanders as well as a late safety enough for the Dolphins to get the win and get to the playoffs. Um, of course, the Bills game was dominated pre-game by Naheem Hines, sorry, by DeMar Hamlin and his um, sort of what happened to him on the Monday Night Football game and there was a lot of, there's obviously a very emotional national anthem and then it just seemed meant to be where Naheem Hines uh, opening play of the game, got that return touchdown and did it again in the second half. Um, what was your take on that first that first play and how that sort of transpired? I mean, it felt like it was destiny almost. I felt like something like that, you know, before I was certain the Bills are going to win because when an event like that happens, and obviously luckily it's good to know he's been discharged from hospital now, but um, it's whenever an event like that happens, a lot of the time teams play hard because, you know, it's all it's something to play for other than like the Bills really had nothing to play for other than like a neutral AFC championship game. They couldn't get the one seed, but they played for obviously their teammate. And I was uh yeah, I was convinced they were gonna win and obviously that they did they did win. But um no, just also not having one but having two kickoff returns, it's just it just felt like, you know, like it was just it's bound to happen and it's you know i'm happy it did happen because you know it was a nice storyline to have and obviously two amazing plays by nine minds yeah and i i'm not really someone who goes into that i'm not really someone who believes in the whole it's meant to be sort of thing but yeah. if you look at the the box score in this game mac jones had three touchdowns three interceptions oh it was a weird um, game 
yeah, and also they had three they had three touchdowns. You know, uh, Josh Han had three touchdowns as well, and being his number, it did seem meant to be in that sense. And there's also I can't find it. It was a play in the game where it was. Um, I got a feeling it was his second. Um, there was a point, there was something in the game. I forget what it is. And my mind's gone blank. Where it was three 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 or something in terms of the time in that quarter. So yeah. I think through all the connotations of the number three, it, that's sort of I can see why people would believe in the whole it's meant to be thing. But um, yeah, I'm so happy he's out of the hospital now. And um, for once, I was cheering on the Bills, and I'm so glad they they helped us <laughs> out because it would have been typical. I think it would be typical Dolphins if we had lost that game. And the well, if he had won that game, and the Patriots also win. Yeah. Also, with Devonte Parker getting two touchdowns, it was like almost like a nightmare because you know a former player who I loved when he was with us. You know, um, you know, it, was, it would have been awfully shame if he was the one to knock us out. But thankfully, not the case. And of course, the Dolphins game was not pretty. Um, you know, Scar Thompson, third choice quarterback. Of course, me and you have both ranted on our own podcasts about the, the sort of the lost streak we had. Yes. Um, we don't know whether Dolphins will be playing too well, but I got to say, if, if it's if it's Skylar Thompson playing in that Bills game, I can't see us getting anything out of that. Oh yeah, if it's if it's Skylar Thompson, I think it'll be a blowout. Uh, it'll be a blowout. Just again, Buffalo, one of the best teams, if not the best team. And yes, they've had some injuries this year. You know, have not having Von Miller is huge for them. It's, you know, he, he was you know the the cherry on top of their defense um but yeah with two, with two in the game or at least maybe with teddy in the game if teddy his finger can uh you know miraculously heal over the week which might be the only things i actually could do um yeah if that happens then you know i feel like the dolphins could be at least competitive you know score a couple touchdowns but the offense we saw uh on sunday on sunday against the jets was you know it, just, it was it, it was like watching uh the offense with uh you know the previous two years, you know, with Chan Gailey and then obviously the two offensive coordinators last year as well. Uh, you know, there wasn't a quarterback, uh, you know, coordinator or play caller, um, a gel that there is now with McDaniel when, when two is in the game. Um, it just it was bad football on the, on the offensive side of the ball, but you expect that of a third string quarterback, especially a rookie as well. Uh, but yeah, no, the Dolphins scraped their way in, but it's good to have them in. And if Tua, Hopefully he's okay. I don't think he will be, but if he does clear concussion protocol, then yeah, I think it will be some sort of a game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I do think I think personally Teddy will play. I don't think Scar Thompson has proved yeah. enough, and I think Teddy Bridgewater. I think what I'm seeing will be all right to play in a game. And if he is, then I think I'd have more faith in him because I yeah. think you know, that Patriots game there was a lot of time where actually it looked okay, um, and else mm. then. Uh, the injury it happened. just collapsed. Yeah, just all all <laughs> But for me, I think if we lose, we don't lose. I think it's just good to be involved. I know, I know there's a saying that are uh, you know, what's the point in getting in if she's going to lose in the first round? But you know, I've you know we've been in the playoffs twice, two seasons before this season, in since Marino retired, and that was 2000. You know, I've only seen us play one game in the playoffs in my entire time as a fan. I've been a fan since 2009-2010 sort of time. So for me, I think, and I'm sure you're the same as me, it's just great seeing our name involved and doing the Sky Sports Super Bowl Challenge. It is great yes. to see the Dolphins actually is one of the teams in there, which I've, you know, I've not really seen too much. Oh, it's, it's excellent. I mean, like, just... My, watching that game on Sunday, so I'm, I'm starting to speak about it, it's just watching that game on Sunday, I was like, 
oh, but, you know, it might be better to lose this game because I, I don't want to see the Dolphins blown out, you know, especially with Scarlett Thompson. But then when it actually happened, I was like, I was overwhelmed. I was like, hang on a minute, what the hell has just happened? I, I think it's because I, I sort of psyched myself into thinking the whole week that the Dolphins were going to lose. So it's like, oh, if we do lose, I'm kind of expecting it. So when, yeah, when the Dolphins did come away with that win, it was great. And yeah, it's, it's nice knowing that, you know, when all the coaches are fired and everything, that the Dolphins are still some football to play. It's a really weird feeling to have, like just you know knowing that you know, once the new league year kind of starts and everyone starts to reset, your team is still you know in the hunt. If you know, if you put it that way. Yeah, I was certainly very emotional when that Sanders mm. kick turned in because I think it was... especially of how bad he's been as well. Like Jason Sanders this year, mm. one of five and fifty yard plus field goals to have a fifty yard field goal to win it, kind of well, essentially win it before the safety was massive. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it was certainly nerve-wracking. I was saying, because I was watching it with my dad, and I was saying to him, I don't know how these fans of these good teams do this every year, because I found mm. it awfully tense. Normally, this time of year, you know, our games mean nothing. So, for me, it was so tense. And I think even when the kick went over, I was still thinking in my head, right, we've got to just hope the Bills get the job done and don't mess us up. But then when that Bills game ended, that's when I really started to get emotional, because it was, that was real realisation kicking in that, we are actually in this. And, you know, I've seen so many years. I've seen the um, Joe Philbin years. I've seen the Adam Brooks <laughs> years. I've seen the... I mean, I loved Flores and I was... I liked those two years. But, so, you know, and then having him go and then with Daniel come in, who I've absolutely loved. I, I do question at times his coaching. At times, I think sometimes he's been a bit exposed. But I think, you know, all these years we've had, you know, of missing out on playoffs and being nowhere near the playoffs and, you know, just having no real hope going into each season. I think now, I think it really is just... It's such a good time to be a Dolphins fan. I realise there's been a five-game losing streak and I realise that it's not perfect and I realise that we probably are going to get left exposed in the Bills game. But you do never know. I mean, I remember everyone when the Eagles lost Carson Wentz, everyone was saying the Eagles were done. We you know, there's been plenty of shocks. The Seahawks 7-9 and nine beating the Saints. I think the Beast Mode uh, famous game with Marshawn Lynch. You just don't know. You just don't know what's going to happen on the day. And we've given Bills, albeit with Tua, we've given the Bills two games this year where we've beaten them and we've ran them close and should have won the other game. So when Tua's healthy, we've had the Bills number. And I think that if Tua can play, I don't know, I don't think he should. But if he does play, then absolutely brilliant. But I think Teddy Bridgewater is capable of having some sort of miracle moment, some sort of Nick Nick Foles moment or Tim Tebow moment, as I yeah. call it. So I think yeah, absolutely good to be in it. And I think that we have to have some faith. Um, I think eight out, of, eight out of ten times, nine times out of ten, you know, these games are won by the Bills. But I think there's a tiny glance that there could be an injury to Josh Allen. There could be Stefan Diggs could get could be targeted out the game, and Gabe Davis could go down injured. It's just you just don't know. And I think that if you're listening or watching on YouTube and you're a Dolphins fan, we have to believe and we have to have some sort of faith. Whether it's two percent, whether it's ninety nine percent, we do have to have that faith. But I'm so looking forward to Saturday, sorry Sunday. You know, mm. watching um, Tottenham Arsenal. Heading straight on on then to Dolphins Bills. It's going to be a great day of sport, and I just really hope that when my dad comes back from his weekend away, I can tell him the Dolphins beat the Bills. Exactly. I I admire your positivity, mate. I admire it. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember. I remember changing sports. I remember we lost three um, 0 to Barcelona. I'm a, as a Liverpool fan. You know, yeah. All my friends and my dad were all thinking, "All right, this is over." But I said, "You just never know," and look what happened. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that means that you know, at the end of the with the playoffs in the AFC, it will be the Bills second seed against the seventh seed Dolphins. The sixth seed Ravens will travel to the third seed Bengals. They'll play again for the second week in a row, 
And then the Jacksonville Jaguars, the fourth seed, play the fifth seed, Los Angeles Chargers. Now, heading on to the other games and what happens to the NFC, um, since the other meaningless games, uh, oh, we've, we've covered them, so we're going to cover the NFC battle. So, the first off, saw the Seattle Seahawks defeat the Los Angeles Rams 19 points to 6, which, you know, secured their place um, as still in it. And that did eliminate the Detroit Lions, which annoyed me because I was looking forward to really winning your in sort of game between those two. And it makes me more, even more sad the fact that the Lions did beat the Packers by 20 points to 16, which meant... After all that, even after impressive ends to the season, Packers are eliminated as are the Lions and the Seahawks make it as the seventh seed in the NFC, which means they will play the second seed San Francisco 49ers. The third seed Vikings will host the sixth seed New York Giants. And then finally, the fifth seed Dallas Cowboys will travel to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are the fourth seed. Um... In terms of the ghost two games, I mean, first of all, how relieved is Jason Myers? Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, like just having yeah having the opportunity to do that, you know, especially with everything that's going on and stuff as well. Like, like that. I mean, the, the series of events. I mean, the Quandre Diggs pick before that field goal, like how. That came out of nowhere. Like it, I don't know if you you've seen it, but like he literally when he picked off Baker Mayfield, it's just you know, listen, it's completion. He just comes out of absolutely nowhere and gets his sixth pick of the season. Which I mean, for us, yeah, for a safety is incredible in the first place. I think it's a sixth pick anyway. But um, you yeah, know that that was one of the best plays I've seen of the season. That and then obviously the, just the ice in the veins of Jason Myers. Then knowing you know, I mean, obviously he didn't know at the time because the Packers could have won. But yeah, and. After mistakes and everything, it was just. I bet he was very happy to be relieved to get that field goal just. And obviously, yeah, it was close, wasn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I was, I was praying that one over because I was really cheering on the Lions. I thought it'd be an amazing. I loved that oh. with all my heart, and I, I loved to have seen the Lions make it. Um, I've got to have one question though. It's a very small thing. Don't get me wrong, but um, the coin flip. Why was Drew Locke doing the coin flip? That really confused me. I don't know whether you saw this when he did the coin flip. I had Bobby Wagner, fair enough. I yeah. Another Seahawks player alongside him was Drew Locke. And I was thinking, why the hell is Drew Locke doing? Is it just giving him something to do? I, I didn't. I get... don't know. Well, my my mate Owen, who uh, you know, I'll get to listen to this because he's a massive NFL fan as well. Um, he is a Seahawks fan. And he put in our group chat here. Was like, oh, we just brought Drew Locke out of nowhere. And I was, I, I mean, I must have missed it. I was like, what's going on here? And I looked, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Again, is, is, it, is it just like a, you know, uh, honorary captain? Like, like Georgia, for example, in the national championship game last night, they had a, uh, an injured player as an honorary captain for the coin toss at the start of the game. But, you know, for a player like Drew Locke, it's a bit weird. Like, yeah. I get it. You know, you've had Harry Kane come on for a coin toss before. Wembley, for example, or Spurs for the NFL. But, um, yeah, the other games. But, yeah, no, just him being there where he's not played a part in the game at all is really random. Yeah, and I do think we will see Demar Hamlin do it if the Bills make a Super Bowl or even he's ready for the AFC Championship game and they're in it and they're, ho- and they're going to host it. Lovely. So say if they get to Super Bowl, I do think that um, he will be the one doing the coin flip because I think no, and I think as well, I really hope that if he, I don't want him to win it. If they, if they do have to win it, I do hope that it's him lifting the Super Bowl trophy at first. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'm tired of seeing these owners lift it first. I want to see, I'd love to see Demar Hamlin. If it is mm-hmm. Bills, if they have to win it, I would love to see Demar Hamlin um, lift that fair. I think that that should happen. Um, if, if he's well enough by then to do that, I think I'll yeah. be, um, be awesome. So obviously going on to the other game, 
Um, the Lions did win. They obviously had finished second in the eight, in the NFC North. Uh, first winning record since 2017 season. I mean, most years that nine that nine eight record would get you into the uh, postseason. So I do feel sorry for Lions fans. Um, well, one player I want to go over is the hook and ladder that we saw in the game. I mean, that was just one of my <laughs> favorite players of the whole season, let alone yeah. in that week. Oh, I know. It's whenever anything like that happens, it's uh, I mean, it's always you know what. Well, you you're there thinking like, oh, what happens if something goes wrong first? Because obviously, whenever you do have a lateral play, it's like, oh, okay, hang on, you know, the ball could end up on the floor here, or uh, you know, Ramondre Stevenson's case. You can end up with Chana Jones stiff arming Matt Jones uh, and taking it in for a score. But um, yeah, I know whenever anything that happens, it's great. And yeah, like you said, I do agree with you. It is one of the plays of the season. Yeah, I think it was really good to see. And uh, they made a good point that maybe if it was actually sending on the line, they may have not done that. Uh, no, <laughs> it's too risky. But, uh, but I admire oh, it, you know. And yeah. Like, yeah, just creative play calling all season from them as well. All season, it's been really cool to watch them. Yeah, and I think that's really um, going to cause some, um, you know, some people calling. I think he's already had some calls for head coaching jobs. Yes, yeah, um, Ben Johnson. Yeah, their offensive coordinator. His name's completely puffy by... Um, ben Johnson, I think it is. Ben Johnson, that's one, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Johnson, um, he's been, I think, I've heard the, the Colts job he's been linked with. I've seen other jobs he's been linked with, and I think that I hope he stays because I think the Lions have something good there. Also, they got two picks in the next draft. I think they're in a really good position. I don't know what the cap room is like, but I can't imagine it's too bad. Um, and I think they're there. They are a team that I think are going places. But on the flip side, the team that I think, you know, I think they could be a team that could bounce back. Um, but it may not. If Aaron Rodgers did decide to leave Green Bay, I think there was a a scene at the end of the game where you saw him and Randall Cobb um, sort of sort of almost arm in arm. Um, First of all, what's your take been on the Packers season overall? Um, and then also um, whether you think Rodgers will stay or not as a Green Bay Packer. Yeah, with Rodgers, I don't know. I mean, everyone says he could retire. If I was him, I wouldn't want to end it like that. Throwing an interception and walking down the tunnel at Lambeau with Randall Cobb. It's not, it's not, I mean, you know, that's not how you want to end it, especially at Lambeau Field, but... It may be. Obviously, you know, uh, Jameson Williams, the, the young Lions receiver, asked for his, his, uh, his jersey at the end of the game, and then Rodgers said, I want to keep this, which is which has caused a massive stir now because, you know, if it was, if it maybe wasn't like his last game, he wasn't, wasn't thinking about that, why wouldn't he just give the jersey away? Um, and yeah, I mean, the Packers season's been a roller coaster. You know, obviously, the winning, the. I think before their win streak, I think maybe after their second win, they had a six percent chance of making the playoffs, and they got to being within you know winning your in scenario in in general. So it was like a miracle to even get to there in the first place. Like what dropped one game and they were out of it completely. Um, and yeah, with with Green Bay, they've not been good. They've their offenses, well, it, it found a spark late in the season. The emergence of the likes of. Uh, Christian Watson and and for example players like uh, Quay Walker have been playing well, but he kind of cost them the game as well. You know, getting uh, ejected for pushing over the Lions trainer, um, you know things like that, just stupid mistakes. Rogers throwing the pick. Like the Packers, this was the Packers game to lose, and they lost it. And the Lions played hard and didn't really make too many mistakes. And that's ultimately where the game was won and lost, really. Yeah, and I think it was good matter Rogers. I think that you know why else would you want to keep it? Because you know 
It isn't the game where you've made the playoffs. It isn't the game no. where you've won. It isn't the game where you've even secured a winning season. They've gone eight and nine, third in the NFC North for the first time in years. Um, it's not, you know, it's not something that you really would want to keep. Otherwise, unless it is your final game for the Packers or of your career. So I think that, I think the signs are there that he will go. I, I don't know whether he's doing it just because he knows that will cause a talking point and get him talked about. I don't know whether that's his alternative, but I think it'll yeah. be that. I think there was talk of him going last summer. He did sign a new deal, but you know, I think he may want to walk away and just call it quits now. But I will say, I think he should stay. Because, you know, we saw how good the end of the season. This is why I did my first article today for the Friends of the Podcast, a franchise, talk, uh, franchise tag podcast. And I said they're one team that could make it after missing it this year because I think the way the end of the season, um, so many wins, you know, him and Christian Watson had a good relationship and they were starting to form a good one. You know, I, I think he can certainly, at least for one more year, play because I think that, they had something good going, and I know they lost to the Lions, but they won a lot of games before that. They beat us, they beat uh, many of the teams along the way. So I do think the Packers, I think he should take the Packers, but I'm also I would not be shocked in a million ways if he was to um, was to leave. Yeah, I don't know, obviously because he's under contract. I, I think if they cut him, he has like a ninety million dollar cap hit. Mm. So or something, I I heard something stupid like that. So I think it's very rare that they cut him. Um, so, but then is anyone, is anyone actually going to want to trade for Aaron Rodgers? Mm-hmm. Or does anyone have the capital to trade for Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's at the end of his career now, so I don't think it costs as much as, but, uh, you know, I don't think it would be as much as the uh, Stafford or uh, you know, Russell Wilson trades recently, um, or the Sean Watson one, which obviously I think the Browns now, the way Deshaun's played, are starting to probably regret that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's. I don't think see him going for like a, some massive haul of picks. Uh, but I am convinced somehow, some way that the Raiders next year will have either Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. I think that's the general consensus that they're gonna have, they're gonna go for one of those two. And Brady, obviously, with McDaniel's the link there is quite yeah. strong. But obviously, again, it's the same with Devontae Adams. Like, there's been a lot of talk about that. Either way, I think the you know the Vegas Raiders are gonna have someone big at quarterback next year. One of those two, I expect. Would you say? Would you? What's your thoughts about off the whole tour thing? Because there's a lot of talk of him retiring. Um, oh yeah, I, I don't know. It's yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Like yeah, obviously the the three concussions. Is oh, I'm gonna call it three concussions because it basically has been three concussions because the Bills game I think he was probably concussed uh, in that game. But yeah, it's interesting. Like there's no denying the Dolphins are a better team when two is in the field, and there's no denying that had to a. Uh, uh, played the last two games the Dolphins would probably get you know would, you know be safely in the playoffs I expect so they had a big lead in the Packers game before um obviously the three consecutive interceptions which obviously now we know was because he was concussed but um at the time that was a, that quarter was the only that quarter and probably the Niners game were the only two times the season where I could say he's played bad he's not because he's, he's not other than that he's played very high level football this year and was in the MVP conversation for a bit. And I'm happy to say that I was kind of right about Tira as well. I thought he'd be this good. Not, you know, he doesn't have the flashy Mahomes, Allen kind of play, but he um put him in a good situation and he can he can be better than like Jack Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. Like he's that level quarterback in my opinion, the ones that you can get a second contract if we're in the right situation. Um but I don't think he actually will ever get to that second contract, if I'm being honest with you. I think, I don't know, it was interesting. People say he should retire. People say, yeah, again, he should change helmet. It's a lot of, 
yeah, I'm an iron. I'm, I'm not a concussion expert. I'm not, you know, uh, nothing. But I think something has to change. Whether you know, if he retires, then he retires, and I mean, obviously, his health is the most important bit of anything. And I think Dolphins will say, oh, you know, it's unfortunate. Um, but they, I think they'll be happy that they've got the best out of two they could do, if possible. And we'll, I think they're now. Uh, there's less hesitancy to move on because they've seen that he was a, you know, a successful pick in some sort of way. Um, in in that, yeah, you know, he wasn't a failure, you know, that kind of thing. And ultimately, his durability is the main concern of him. Uh, and yeah, if it is, then it's unfortunate. And I, I mean, I wouldn't retire, but I'm not him. He might, he might want to because it's, you know, he's put he's put himself through a lot this year. Yeah, I can't imagine long term. Yeah, effects wise, I think yeah, he might want to be safe and make sure that he's not even more affected than he may be in the future. Yeah, I sadly think he might retire. Yeah, um, I, that... I won't be surprised. No, Norman, I don't know what, and that'll, that'll then bring on to the question of what do the Dolphins do? In mm, they have the no option. picks. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, so I yeah. think it goes down the route of free agency, and I think that mm. the obvious one is Tom Brady of the Mar Jackson. If he's franchise tagged, I think he will be. Um, I think obviously if he isn't franchise tagged, he does somehow manage to go. I think he's the obvious one, but I think you know Tom Brady is the obviously the last time one. Aaron Rodgers is someone we could go for. We have the, um, you know, we we could do that, but again, it's like it's the thing of. We haven't got that first one pick to trade with now, so it's a matter of no, the Tom Brady thing has kind of screwed the Dolphins now because mm. yes, Tua has played well, but if if Tua does decide to call it quits, then you know the Dolphins are kind of in a sticky situation now. They've committed to Tua now, spending the other first round pick on Bradley Chubb, which I don't think was a good idea. Uh, I said that on my podcast last week. I was quite vocal about that, but um, yeah, now with no first round picks, you know, from the two at the start of the season, they've basically invested in Tua, so. Uh, if he does turn out to retire, then the Dolphins are in a sticky situation. But I think it would probably be the best for his long-term health if he did feel like that was right for him. Mm. I wouldn't hold it against him or anything like that. And then going on to your point about Aaron Rodgers looking at the cap room, I mean, there's a number of teams I think that could be looking for a quarterback that have got you know a, a high up in the in the cap room. I mean, I've used the website spottrack.com. I mean, Bears are first. They got $113 million of cap room, so they won't go for someone like Aaron Rodgers. But you look at the Giants second with $56 million. The Falcons are third with $58 million. The Patriots are fourth with $49 million. Mm. And then look at the Ravens, Bengals, no chance. The Texans, they'll probably go for Stroud or Bryce Young. So I think really, look at it, it's probably either going to be you know the Raiders, the Giants. I don't think the Falcons is a, is a big landing spot. I think the Giants and Raiders have the history and I think they have to have to do that with McDaniels link. And I think New York is New York, but um, I, I don't know whether the Falcons is that same um, sort of attraction that those two would be. But um, what's your take on, first of all, the Giants, would they move off from Daniel Jones? Do you think they should give him another year? How are you seeing that situation, that dynamic with Daniel Jones and whether he deserves a new contract or to be a starter quarterback for the, for the Giants next year? Well, Daniel Jones is in a similar sort of situation to Tua, really, where people have gone from seriously is he a draft bust to he's played very well this year. They've both got teams into the playoffs. Uh, and, you know, like if, I mean, he's not been to the level of half the AFC quarterbacks, but Daniel Jones has probably been the fourth or fifth quarterback, best quarterback in the NFC. Like you could probably only name Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins. I mean, Kirk's played really well as well this year, but obviously he's going to collapse. I expect because it's not a one pm game, um, <laughs> but or six pm if you're in the states. I know the other way around, but yeah. Um, no, I think 
Dino Jones has played really well this year, uh, and I think a lot of people will be surprised if they are chilling for the first time in a Giants game this year, um, this season, to see how well I expect he will, will play with, with uh, Brian Dable's help, obviously, uh, on Sunday. I think it's interesting because like they said they've got a lot of cap room, but I think that they were talking about paying him. I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens, but I think he's done well to you know give himself another year, Daniel Jones. I don't think, you know he's not like he's a yes, you're going to replace him, but. He, he, they, they might move off him because they might feel like, oh, we're in a situation where we could win now. I don't think the Giants are, but they might believe that, especially in the NFC, to be fair. But, um, yeah, it's they might go for someone like Rodgers, but I doubt it. I can see more is the San Francisco's because I don't think the Niners are actually that committed to Trey Lance, if I'm being honest with you. Like, Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo both have looked better than Trey Lance did at the start of the season, if we're being completely honest with you. Um, yeah, so obviously with Rodgers, it's more the Niners, the Raiders, uh, uh, <laughs> the Patriots maybe, but wouldn't that be funny? Better chicken Aaron Rodgers. No, it would be, <laughs> that may um... be a situation. But I think Jimmy goes to the Patriots or the Jets. If I'm, I think that's his two best landing spots in my opinion. I, I still think, you know, I still think Tom Brady... There's a chance he might he want might want to go back to the Patriots. Maybe, but him and Belichick fell out, didn't they? Like... Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know whether Belichick maybe on the verge of retiring. I don't know what his situation is, but I think he that... said he's gonna come back for another year. He said he's in the. Which I was. Is this news has come out recently? Uh, it was yesterday. He said in a press conference he was asked like he was asked, uh, "Do you think you'll be back for next season?" He said, "Yeah, I plan to come back," and uh, he also didn't commit to Matt Jones. Which I thought was very interesting because I mean he's not really played well this year, but no. but it's uh, obviously a whole Bailey Zappi thing. It basically confirms that he's not he's not really a fan of Matt Jones. So I think New England will probably look for somebody else at a quarterback next year. Yeah, I mean I put all that down to Matt Patricia in my eyes. I mean, yes, yeah, so, true. I mean, there's a reason for Matt Jones's aggression, and I think he's the reason. I mean, you saw it in the game. Uh, the game on Sunday. I mean, the Patriots had a really good first half offensively. I think him and Devontae Parker had a great game, a great connection between them. But then as soon as uh, uh, Naeem Hines went in for the second touchdown, it's like um, in Mac Jones's brain, he just completely switched and two through two completely horrible passes. Obviously, in the middle of the, uh, the two interceptions, there was that big uh, the, that big touchdown throw to Devontae Parker at the corner, you know, the front corner of the end zone. But uh, no, it's just like he just was throwing the ball anywhere, basically, <laughs> um, sort of like. Baker Mayfield esque. Uh, that's <laughs> like that kind of uh, audio, like Jets Sam Darnold. That's how Matt Jones was in the second half of the game, <laughs> and yes, on Sunday. But uh, no, I, I again, the Patricia Joe Judge offense just hasn't worked, and it'll be interesting to see what the Patriots do in that uh, position or you know that side of the ball next year, because I think it probably will be completely different. Yeah, I, I think we may well have a complete just revamp. I'll, I'll get rid of Patricia. I'll probably get rid of Joe Jed. Just talk of Bill O'Brien coming in as the OC. I think there's... Cliff Kingsbury's an option as well, because he was with Belichick before. Shout. Of course, he, be, one I of the casualties. Um, and mm. yeah, I think I think it's a great chat. I think Cliff Kingsbury, for me, is someone that I think he's, he'll be a great OC, but not a great head coach. And I think yeah. he's certainly something that I think a lot of teams will, will look at, I think, for an OC position. Yeah, I I believe so as well. I I think obviously in Arizona it's been a mess for years. I, I mean, there's talk that Kyler Murray might even be back for the start of next year Jeez. at this point. Uh, so obviously got a, uh, Steve Kimes resigned as well for health reasons. There's new coach, new GM, 
you know, uncertainty of Kyler Murray. Obviously, the contract. It's a very like if I was a you know a team going. Oh, sorry, a head coach. You know, potential head coach going for interviews. I'd probably put Arizona right at the bottom of my list with the Texans mm. as landing spots because they're just not attractive whatsoever. When the likes of Denver, um, Carolina, because they've got a really young defense, it's very good. Uh, I, I, those sort of places are a lot higher up on my list. I'd probably say, and yeah, I don't think they're, uh, the Cardinals are going to end up with anyone good at the head coach. It'll be interesting to see what happens with them. I guess. Yeah, it certainly is. I'm looking forward to seeing. Steve Wilkes is a is a big and um, Vance Joseph as well. Obviously, both of them have been in the, the building before. Wilkes has done a great job of Carolina at the end of the year, but I expect yeah, they're two that I've heard. But just promoting your DC Vance Joseph to head coach would be odd, because that's just that's continuing what you had before. Mm. So I think that's that wouldn't make sense to me, but that's what I've heard. Yeah, I mean, I've this may this may or may not be I don't know a controversial opinion, but I don't think Steve Wilkes deserves the job for Carolina. I don't think no, 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 no. But he it's... got lucky that the division was so bad. I mean, six and nine. I mean, I'm gonna I want to get interview him, sure, but maybe yeah. not give him the job. Like, yeah. I just think that yes, they were close. From, they could have won a division. They were close, but Steve Wilkes, six and six record is it's not brilliant. I mean, it's better than Matt Rule was doing, and I think it was an upgrade in that sense. But I don't think, I think you know, it's I got think like the rich Basaccia last year with Gruden late after I mean, he, that... you know, yeah, after Basaccia led him you know, to the very end, obviously into the playoffs. Uh, but he didn't get the job because at the end of the day, Rich Basaccia is not going to be a good NFL head coach. Um, well, I, I don't know. I thought he did a good job with the Raiders. I think he, with all the turmoil that was going on, with all the jobs, oh yeah, we, I, I, had to I guess come in and yeah. do all that. I, I actually was saying he should have got a job. That's what the Colts were hoping rest. for with uh, Jeff Saturday, and that didn't work no. <laughs> after the one game. That no. that just didn't work <laughs> against the Raiders. Funny enough. Um, oh yeah. yeah, that was that is the Ra- oh. both terrible organizations in the first place. To be honest with me, so awful. yeah, awful. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, I think. I think we'll see a lot of change. I think, I think even look at the the charges. Brandon, I don't think Brandon Staley is completely out. I mean, I have to say, I mean, why, why was he playing his starters in that game? I get the whole thing about they could be mm. rusty. We saw the Ravens happen to the Ravens say Mister Week and they were rusty. But why would you risk it? You've got the sixty lock, the fifty lockdown. There's nothing risky in your game. The game is absolutely pointless. And what happens? Joey Bosa gets injured. Um, Mike Williams gets injured, and you know they're saying they and they lost. They start and they lost. They didn't even. Yeah, the they started lost to the Broncos. It's not like they won. <laughs> they lost. Like yeah. Russell Wilson yeah. actually looked okay. He looked really yeah. good in the in the game. You know, in the game on Sunday. Again, he's been freed from Nathaniel Hackett. It's probably a, you know a good reason why. But the last couple of weeks, the Broncos' offense has been completely different to what it was at the rest of the season. Like that kind of just tell you a lot. Like they lost to to the Broncos' offense. Uh, with the Chargers and yeah, Mike Williams especially that's gonna be a huge loss because we saw Herbert without him and Keenan Allen at the start of the season, and this has been Justin Herbert's worst yeah season of his career. Yeah, so yeah. I, I just think that with all the stuff went on with you know the the thing the timeout decision last year in the final game against the Raiders, it was just that I think there's some for me I got some serious questions about Brandon Staley, and I think that. He could be one of the first head coaches to lose their job, especially with someone like you know, whilst in the playoffs, especially with someone like Sean Payton available. You know, you can't not go to you know, if, if he's available, yeah. you can't not say yes to that. So, I think that he could to be, be fair. Hit... Yeah, I was there. just gonna say, his coaching in, in the um, sorry, gone, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you go, 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 go. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I do think he'd be one of the first head coaches to lose their job after guiding their team to the playoffs. I really do think that he is should be on the coaching hot seat. Oh, I agree with you. I was going to defend him a little bit. There. I was just going to say, like, uh, that game against the Dolphins, I thought he coached that excellently because the way they found a solution to Tyreek and Waddle being so far wide open in the middle. And I think what Tua completed three of like 18 passes, whatever the hell it was in the first half of that game. Like, he, that, the, he showed that he, to me that he can you know, produce a game plan, that kind of thing, like on both sides of the ball because the Chargers, you know, dominated the Dolphins on that Sunday night game. But it's, yeah, again, I agree with you. It's a kind of like, there's so many questionable decisions on his part uh, and playing the starters and obviously potentially losing two key players for the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Saturday night. I don't get it, personally. Yeah, and I was I was at that game, albeit I had to leave early because of a flight, but... Um, yes, I forgot about that. And, um, that's my... You know, I mentioned in the previous, in previously in this episode that, you know, I have my doubts of Mike McDaniel as a coach. I think there are some limitations. And I think he's been... And I think if you're being outcoached by Brandon Staley, I think there's... Yeah. <laughs> But at the same time, it is his first year as a head coach, and I think that mm. the, you can, you, you are, you should be let these things go in the first year. I think he gets a sort of a let off a jail, get out of jail free car because I do think that he is still learning. But I think if that happened in the third or fourth year, I think then different story. And I think that whilst I got my motivations back him, I do think at the same time, give him another year to learn the job, he may change my mind on that, and I. I do think that if we, had, if we had Flores in charge, we would be a 12-13 win team, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, but before we do end the podcast, we just quickly end with some um, of the sort of stat leaders. Within. So, passing yards leader was Mahomes, over 500 yards more than second place Justin Herbert. He also had the most touchdowns, so he had 5,250 yards and 41 touchdowns, which was six more than Joe Burrow. Um, the most sacked quarterback of the season wasn't Burrow, surprisingly. He was sixth in the league, which is a massive proven for them. Joint leaders were Russell Wilson and Justin Fields. Um, yeah, that's no surprise. No, <laughs> not at all. I mean, looking at the quarterback rating, it is Mahomes number one with Josh Allen number two and then Tua number three, which is um, something that surprised me. Uh, rushing yards leader was Josh Jacobs with 1,653 yards and the Touchdown leader for rushing wise was Jamal Williams with 17 touchdowns, which is four more than second place Derek Henry. And then the receiving leader yards wise was Justin Jefferson uh, with 1,809 yards, with Tyreek Hill in second place just behind him. When it comes to touchdowns, the leader was Devontae Adams, who had 14, with Travis Kelsey, number two, with uh, 40. Um, defensively, of course, the, the sack leader for me, the lock for defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa had 18.5 and second place gone under the radar really tied as Miles Garrett was Hassan Reddick who I've been a big fan of on this podcast <laughs> they both had 16 touchdowns and the leader when it came to total tackles was Fasoye Olakun um, and then we, before we do go we are going to quickly run through our leaderboard when it came to our predictions episodes we did it throughout the season not every week we did it but most weeks we gave it a go where we gave all our guests a chance to predict the winners of the week and then uh, they got points and all that so last week week 18 i had liz bandari also known as nfl girl uk she got 10 correct scores whereas myself i did get 12 correct scores which does mean at the end of the score actually before we do that 
what we had. So the games like I got wrong, I had the Buccaneers beating the Falcons, I had the Jets beating the Dolphins, the Cowboys beating the Commanders, and the Packers beating the Lions. Whereas Liz got um, six wrong. She had the Packers also winning. She had the Dallas winning, Dallas Cowboys winning. She had the Chargers beating the Broncos. She had the Browns beating the Steelers, the Saints beating the Panthers, and the Colts beating the Texans, which I'm quite proud of that prediction. Put the Texans <laughs> in that game. So we have a final leaderboard. So um, sadly, in um, last place with two quick scores, is you. <laughs> yes, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> week six, you got two quick scores. Oh. You me bottom. Um, I'll try and think of a punishment. Uh, wow. to... <laughs> I mean, I will say you you were real. I will give you the benefit of the doubt. Oh yeah, that 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 honestly, that podcast was a, was a nightmare. It was funny, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Um, so you are bottom in fifteenth place. Um, mm-hmm. So tied for thirteenth position is both Trev Scott from Beardy Sports from week seven, and also Dan Thalui. Uh, from week 10, who both got six correct scores. And then leading up the table uh, in 12th position is Freddie Harper-Davis from week 8. He had seven. And then we have a, three people on eight who are all tied in ninth position. Both Dre, uh, Andre Dixon and Georgian Sports got eight, as well as Chris Milner from National Vintage League. Uh, Dre and Georgian Sports were all the way back in week two, whereas Chris was back in week 16. And then we have three on 10 uh, who are tied for seventh. Uh, Liz, Liz obviously one of them for week 18. Zach from Bailey Sports in week 17, as well as Olivia, um, who, who was also from week 15. And then three were on 11 correct scores who, in the, who are joined for fourth. Uh, Ollie Wilson from Talk Sport from week 11. Jonathan Dix from the Eurotrips podcast that I do with him in week five. And then Fred Patton, uh, formerly of Third and Gold podcast from week 15, which means the winners are myself from my week 15 and week 18 predictions with 12 scores, as well as Charlie from week 15, our Bills fan, and Paul Hope from 49ers Faithful UK from his week four. He had the longest standing lead. He had the lead from week four and only really took to week 15 for his lead to be levelled. So congrats to, as well as myself, uh, to Charlie and Paul. And we will be doing the same thing next season. Um, and we are going to be doing still podcasts throughout the uh, playoffs. We are going to do a podcast with fans of each team involved and try and do a preview episode. We're not sure yet whether it's going to be just one giant bumper episode or whether it's going to be one episode per game preview. Uh, but hopefully we will find out soon enough what that will be. Uh, but yeah, this has been the Across the Pod podcast, uh, NFL podcast. I've been your host, Andy. This has been Sam. And I will see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.